1: Welcome to Brother Date, Star Trek Edition, Volume 5, Chapter 1. I'm Matthew.
0: I'm Judah. Uh, call me Ishmael?
1: Yes. Thank you. All... Every...
0: All... All happy... Happy families are better than unhappy families. (laughs) Alright! It's it's been a while since I watched Anna Karenina, and it made me miss that season of Cheers. That's right. Uh, Not watched Red.
1: It's fine. When was the last time you watched it though? That's fine. I've never know. I've never watched it. I'm pretty sure there have been like fifty versions made, so you've had your opportunities. If you I haven't have. watched it by now, you must not want to.
0: That's true. That's 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 basically what happened.
1: So sorry, creators of terrible non definitive versions of movies that were better as books.
0: Matthew, week five.
1: I know. After um, this
0: we have a mere hundred and seventy weeks to go.
1: Yeah, it's not we're not off to like a blazing fast start. There's almost not much we can do about it unless we just do a lot of pod shows. We'd have to knock out so many pod shows. And, we would. And uh, I gotta have time to watch the episodes, which after I do the pod show, it takes me a long time to work up the nerve to watch them again.
0: Yeah, it's tough. There's um, there's some good news. When we hit week 168, Ooh. then we'll be down to just The Next Generation versus Deep Space Nine.
1: Oh, Voyager was really that short?
0: Yeah, Voyager cuts out at
1: 167. Ouch. Sucks for them. And
0: when we hit 174, we get three episodes of nothing but Next Generation. So, I mean, Uh, they're going to win those weeks, but we can still see what they score. Um, But they're going to be bad. They're going to score bad. at season seven. (laughs) It's Emergence, Preemptive Strike, which I did not remember was an episode and all good things.
1: You remember Preemptive Strike. It's the one where Roe betrays the Federation.
0: I only remember that because this came up last time.
1: Spoiler alert. Uh, well, I know it's gonna be bad because it's season seven, because the last episode I watched was Ronin. Rolo. Rolo episode. Oh, yeah. Sub Rolo.
0: Sex, sub Rolo. Sub Rolo. Sex Rolo.
1: Not a great episode. No. But you know what? There'll be plenty... Of, oh, no, wait. We'll never get to it, so let's talk about it now. Yeah, Not a great episode.
0: Thankfully, that's far in the future. Yeah. Uh, it, it honestly could have been worse, like... They could have really gone into sexual detail
1: Doug, um, with
0: Duncan Regeer versus Beverly.
1: Dude, she makes some O faces, and there's some vinegar strokes, and Uh, it's bad. Do we see her feet? Yep. Yes? Yes! That's a yes to feet! (laughs) God damn it, Star Trek! Yeah, like they thought I wanted to see her feet. Her and Troy. Is anyone's feet gonna be a mystery?
0: Rick Berman must have been a foot weirdo.
1: Fucking gross. Um, Alright, let's not ruin this episode with that.
0: That is far in our future. Um, uh, This week we watched The Enemy Within. Matthew, magnetic ore on the uniform of a geologist causes a transporter malfunction and the Enterprise beams up two Kirks. One is gentle and meek and the other is animalistic and ruthless. Once the duplication is discovered they are forced to take the transporter offline leaving men stranded on the rapidly freezing planet below. Man more on that in a minute. Yeah. Yep. Um so this is uh this is kind of a famous episode in my memory because of the two kirks and the the constant weird lighting and dutch angles on Kirk 2
1: and his um the take that Shat has on this animal Kirk. He, he's he got a strong take on this character.
0: He does. Also, um, for some reason, they put the animal Kirk in a lot of eyeliner. Yeah, they did. It's not. I mean, I'm sure you couldn't tell on your black and white TV or maybe color TV if you were rich when this first aired. Right. Uh, because even that TV probably looked like garbage and you were getting it over the air. But uh, boy, boy on Netflix, do you see how they have eyelined him
1: yeah it was very important that his eyes pop because of the crazy things he was doing.
0: It's kind of the only consistent distinction between the two Kirks
1: uh and before we get really into it, am I right that they were just trying to shoehorn that unicorn dog into every scene?
0: Yeah, they there's, thought that uh they thought that guy was cool.
1: One guy so someone in the scene is randomly holding that dog the entire episode,
0: yeah, often Scotty, like they just leave that bitch in the transporter room too. yep <laughs> like look, we got real shit going on. <laughs> Captain Kirk uh, tried to rape a lady. Yep. So uh, I guess you're watching the dog, Scotty.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, dog. Uh, okay, so, right. The premise the premise of this episode has something to do with the duality of men, right? That you Yeah, need, I think it's... I mean, they ahead. basically say it with their mouths 50 times that you you need your um, aggressive animal side in order to be an effective leader or something. That's it, yes. right? Yes.
0: Right, so that is specifically what they said, and I wrote, man's baser instincts are necessary for decisiveness, um, even survival. Mm. Uh, It's actually a stronger take than I remembered. Mm. Because it's not. I mean, when Kirk, when good Kirk is hamming it up, he asks, can half a man live? (laughs) Which is great, by the way. Um, And, but. But this is a specific take on why you need your bad side. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And specifically, you need it to be a commander. Like, it's not at all clear in this episode that Meek Kirk is in any physical danger.
1: Yeah. All that stuff about can a half a man live, how he tricks the other Kirk and everything. It's like, probably.
0: Yeah, seems like it. Like, uh, Evil Kirk has a real panic attack at one point. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because you need the intellect to control fear, according to, uh, this TV show and probably Scientology. Yep. Uh, that was the, that was the plot of After Earth, right?
1: Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Because the animals could sense your fear or whatever. Right. The beasts.
0: Um. But, yeah, uh, otherwise, uh, aside from the fact that he got a little wimpy. Mm Mm-hmm. And didn't didn't really know what to do about Sulu down on the planet. Uh, me Kirk seemed like he was gonna just keep carrying on, pretty okay.
1: Yeah, he yeah he seemed fine. He seemed like he was gonna be okay. Like maybe he wouldn't he maybe wouldn't want to do his job anymore or something. Maybe he'd like to like, get something quieter.
0: He probably just would have ended up a lieutenant in the astrophysics department or something.
1: Exactly. This I I was going to say that this this episode is paralleled. <laughs> In the TNG episode "Tapestry," which is somehow
0: worse, by the way,
1: not a great episode at all.
0: Somehow worse than this.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's got Q and it's got sex, so you know. Uh, so because loser. I,
0: th- I thought that this take was, um, pretty specific, and it wasn't just a hand ringy. You need every aspect of your personality to to make you who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually gave it a seven.
1: Okay. Um, I can see that. I gave it a five, mainly because I felt like this take was an extremely 60s take. Oh, for sure. Or before. All about how you gotta be the manliest man in the room in order to be effective as a commander. And if that means, you know, you need your rapiest side of you, um, and your most animalistic, monstery side in order to get the job done, then, you know, that's just what it is to be a man and to be a manly man. This is the kind of thing that, uh... No, we don't want to get started on it again, but the thing that gave Halsey command of three carrier groups or whatever, you know? <laughs> and that's just how people thought back then, and uh, I didn't appreciate it. Didn't appreciate the take. I um, did appreciate that I knew what it was because they kept saying it with their mouths over and over again. Yeah, That made yeah. it easy. Uh,
0: the last couple of Star Treks they've been saying what I finally consider the take to be.
1: And that is how I remember Star Trek. Yes. That <laughs> they would just tell you what's oh, happening. Oh, yeah.
0: They <laughs> should shout, it turns out it's man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's Futurama Mask. It's not sophisticated.
1: Yeah, so I gave it a five on take, because while it was easy to identify, I just thought it was, like, the oldest old-school, 60s thinking that you could have. Yeah, about I guess how you need true. how you need the rapey monster side of you in order to command men, or whatever.
0: Yeah, um, given that... And we sort of agree on the take and, uh, to, uh, uh, what are you doing? Uh, so I'm looking at Ben's, Ben's notes, which came in relatively late, but he still beat us to record.
1: That's impressive.
0: Uh, Ben didn't get that specific thing. Duality. Both sides are necessary, but he thinks it's kind of a false dichotomy or a simplification
1: devil definitely
0: doesn't understand why the rational side um he thinks the rational side should be emotionless and the fearful side should also be the aggressive side um i think that's Um, actually what they were showing though wasn't it
1: yes mccoy says it with his mouth indecisive right yeah mccoy says it with his mouth he's like uh he's afraid you have uh, intellect which you know yes whatever
0: um uh, he still wanted to give it a six, though, d- despite not finding that premise amazing.
1: It chased itself around in logical errors
0: b plus b plus yep. um, execution,
1: and real quick, what he says is um, <sighs> fuck I just had it uh, oh, man's essential courage comes from reason.
0: I mean, that's I guess a, that's a take too
1: that's what that's what McCoy says um
0: and he's ex- a whole he's a whole medical doctor so why wouldn't he know that philosophical answer
1: so this is where i ran into issues i gave it a two on execution because they don't even let you figure out what happened by yourself he tells you in the log yeah when it comes back from credits what has happened from the future he's like it's the one past tense log in the episode where he's like oh it turns out there was an evil me
0: yeah it's a real it's a real uh show don't tell error here yeah
1: uh spock has a good couple of lines about the roles of good and evil in a man man's essential courage comes from reason says mccoy Uh, everything about the premise point of view and execution in this episode is explained in dialogue
0: yeah i agree that's weak um You'll not be surprised to learn that I only gave it a three.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not, um, yes.
0: Also, Ben gave it a three in this in this dimension. So we all agree, not so good. Right. Um, I think they did a fair job of showing how hampered good Kirk is.
1: Yeah. He does but, at one point ask someone to please make a decision.
0: But a lot of the time, evil Kirk seems pretty functional.
1: Yeah, even if sometimes he does seem raving mad.
0: Yeah, it's just like as soon as he's challenged, he loses his mind. But, like, he does a pretty good job of conning people much of the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, although his uh, argument that uh, good Kirk even scratched his face is pretty weak.
1: <laughs> I know! Oh, yeah, no, I believe you. That's a thing that happened. Yeah, uh, he wasn't super... Super convincing. Um he did let out some awesome William Shatner howls. Oh for that. sure. Really good stuff.
0: Um, this is one where if we had a separate acting category, I think <laughs> I would actually be conflicted. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Because the acting is so so bad.
1: So bad it's good?
0: It's good. Like it ra- it definitely wraps around. Yeah. And it's like it's very entertaining to watch him be bad kirk.
1: Yep. It's like strapped to the bed screaming and shouting and weird shit. That's good. Yeah. Cool. It that was good stuff. There was an evil dog too. The dog was evil too.
0: Came yeah. Uh, they needed that there because conveniently, no one was in the transporter room when the second Kirk beamed up. Mm-hmm. That um, that's a little bit like padding to me. Yeah. Like I guess it allows us to see evil Kirk attempt to uh attempt to perpetrate a rape.
1: Yeah, he did. He went straight to her quarters too. So yeah. if you're Yeoman Rand, does that mean something to you? That he didn't just rape someone randomly? That he went straight to your quarters? Because she's in love with the captain, right? We've pretty much figured that out.
0: Uh, she is, and also he is with her. It's pretty definitively established in the Naked Time. Although, she did not see that outburst.
1: Yeah. But um, he goes no beach, straight to her quarters to give her a good old school thrashing. And by the way, what do you think the odds are that William Shatner pulled this method acting on her and she did not know he was going to be that rough? Because oh, he gets 100. rough on her.
0: One hondo, he just went for it.
1: At one point, he just throws her.
0: Yeah, she... <laughs> uh, she was that, was that actress's name? Grace Whitney?
1: I don't remember, but you know she, um, he just went, It's gonna be more real. Watch.
0: Yeah, she was 100% not prepared for that.
1: Yeah, he went after her. It was violent. Um, she also
0: wasn't prepared to be forced off the show so that Kirk could have a lot of love affairs with aliens.
1: Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, Marjan found those bits hard to watch and felt really bad for Yeoman Rand the whole time because she's such a doormat.
0: Yeah, it wasn't great and she such has a 60s lot of doormat. She has a lot of lines that really don't fly in 2016 like <laughs> yep. she's pretty she came pretty close to not reporting it. Like yeah, if he I, hadn't beat up that right. black guy in the corridor, wait, was it a black guy?
1: No, no. It was like it was it wasn't it that same crewman who had the dirt on him. Was it Dirt Crewman? I think it was Dirt Crewman. Who if he hadn't them. beat
0: up, if he hadn't beat up Dirt Crewman in the corridor, she was probably going to let that one slide.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, She's like, "Why, you know, Captain? I, I probably wouldn't even have done anything about it if that crewman hadn't walked in." Then Marjan felt really bad.
0: Yeah, so that's not great, but uh, if it fits the original series track record with regard to women,
1: yes. It's, um, um, the only thing that Roddenberry did not feel particularly generous or, um, or liberal about.
0: Yeah, like, I'm sure, I'm sure that a lot of the ways he went about his liberal ideas were probably pretty hackneyed. Like, I'm sure he used a lot of words for black people on the set. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Thinking he was being, like, a cool dude. Yes. Uh, I can just imagine him saying some real misguided stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, he just didn't even seem to make an effort with women. Yep. Um, yeah, like I said, I gave it a, a three in execution. Um. Ben brought up the same thing you did, which is that he gave the story right away mm-hmm. with the voiceover in the beginning. Yep,
1: just as soon as you get back from the break, he's just like, From the future! What happened was this. Now you can watch.
0: So. Um. Oddly, he loved the alien dog.
1: <laughs> well... That unicorn dog was undeniably adorable in his little unicorn hat. Yeah. That he was wearing.
0: Uh, Do you think they shaved that dog's back to put those spines on him?
1: I don't know, probably. I mean, women's rights didn't even matter back then. What what do you think they thought of animal rights?
0: Okay, so one... One super big problem for me, uh, and it's... I mean, it's not so much execution on the premise as it is general execution of the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Why does the transporter suddenly work again at the end?
1: Well, they show. They're like, all right, let's... They recombine Kirk. Let's recombine the dog, and then the dog dies. Yeah.
0: And then they make a wild leap of logic Mm -hmm. about why the dog died. He was afraid. Yep. And, by the way, Spock is so sure. So sure. Anyway... What I like about Spock is... We'll talk about that in characterization. He's certain about everything.
1: Um,
0: Kirk is recombined, comes out of there, and he's just like, beam those men up here. Like... Yeah. Look, Did they fix it? Are they not are they not gonna be two Sulus, but like maybe now they just know how to fix it again?
1: It seemed like while Scotty was manning the console it worked fine, right? Because when he beams up the first dude with the dirt on his chest, he catches the issue and kinda has a workaround. The problem is when he like randomly walks away from and the second, second kirk device.
0: beams up by accident? And
1: second Kirk beams up just randomly. <laughs> Because no one's manning it or whatever. It doesn't know how to catch it.
0: Who had the dog? I don't know. They beamed the dog up later. Was Scotty not in charge of that? I'm not sure. Anyway, I don't know. I don't remember. It's just uh, Kirk steps out of there and says, beam him up. And it's like, wait, you could have just done that? Mm-hmm. Spock could have given that order.
1: That's correct. Yeah. Um, that
0: one's not a poser. Like That one's not... A, you don't need command presence. If the transporter works, beam the men back up.
1: I found it very hard to feel sorry for the men on the planet. Even when Kirk got a little weepy talking to Sulu, why is that? I not care about him. I, no, it just—it seems so cheesy and dumb.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> the way they were huddling under that blanket on that uh, frozen frozen alien planet, soundstage. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't look that cold. I guess is what I'm saying.
0: I like that the phasers didn't run out of juice; they just stopped working from the cold. That's right. So it's like. Dog, put them next to the hot rock.
1: <laughs> so you already heated up the rock. Keep they're the gonna, phasers next to it.
0: They're going to warm right back up. Yeah. Um. World building. Did
1: you see anything you liked? I gave this a two again. I didn't see a lot. McCoy keeps the liquor, which I kind of already knew from when the other doctor kept the liquor.
0: Uh, yep, yeah, I had that in my quick hitters.
1: And, uh, I guess Yeoman Rand just waits in the captain's quarters while he's on the planet? And just hangs out? Uh, was that not supposed to be her quarters? Wait, it was? No, no, because doesn't he get back and he walks in to his own quarters? It's, this is real Kirk, because he's beamed up first. And she's just hanging out. And she tells him something that happened while he was gone, I don't know. And then he hangs out in his quarters while she goes back to her quarters and Angry Kirk goes to her quarters.
0: Uh, so this confused me to, in a later scene... Where Kirk applies foundation to cover up his scratches? Yes, he does. And it's like, wait, is that his foundation? (laughs) Seems to be his quarters.
1: Right? Maybe his quarters and her quarters are just a lot alike.
0: I guess. Maybe they're next to each other? I mean, she is his yeoman?
1: Yeah. And that's what I was saying. does,
0: does Does she take a lot of dictation in the middle of the night? Like...
1: He's got recorders and stuff. To checks something in the middle of the night. What I'm saying is No, she doesn't or they wouldn't have all this tension. But what I'm saying is why is she just waiting in his quarters for him? If that's, that's his strange? quarters.
0: That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Well, it's cuz it's cuz Goodkirk, Goodkirk comes back and talks to her and she leaves. And he hangs out there and he doesn't know what's happened till later. He goes to sleep or something. Cuz he's feeling yeah. pretty weak cuz he's lost his animal rapiness. That is weird. And then while he's just chilling in his quarters, she goes back to her quarters and gets a real angry attempt at R.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: That's that's all I picked up, basically. There wasn't a whole lot of world building.
0: I had even less, so I gave it a 1. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was almost nothing. I guess the transporter has some odd properties we hadn't seen before.
1: That it could combine two people of opposite emotional states. Yeah. Or whatever.
0: Um. Uh, ben thinks Kirk's alternate uniform is kind of world building.
1: Oh, his uh, his green
0: his uh, command wrap tunic.
1: Yeah, his his hanging out clothes. Yeah. Maybe. Um.
0: Did you know that that's the same color as his other one? It is. Yeah, they look different because they're different materials and they pick up the studio lights differently. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because that one is like velour, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, so it's not as shiny. But they're both supposed to be lime green. Lime green, really? Yeah. That's the command color up there, lime green.
1: So is his uniform not the same color as the gold uniform, guys? Or is there no gold uniform? There's no gold. So the gold that everyone calls gold, that's been gold forever, is lime green? Is a
0: lime green.
1: Bad choice, especially because it didn't come out lime green. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just TV, TV tricks.
1: Yeah, world building was kind of weak on this one. It was just Uh, an episode where stuff happened.
0: Ben went all the way to a four on world building, but I think that's generous.
1: Still a low score.
0: Uh, And I'm afraid it's much the same story in terms of characterization.
1: Okay.
0: In that I gave it a three. Um, Okay. So Kirk is suppressing attraction to Yeoman Rand, and Spock feels divided because of his half-human origins. So that reinforces the stuff from the last episode. Right. But Spock also acts real anti-scientifically in this.
1: He's crazy old school. Yeah. Just in the way he thinks. That's the only thing I had for Spock for characterization. Spock is crazy old school about stuff, is what I typed.
0: Yeah. And uh, I didn't love when Sulu talked about rice wine.
1: Me neither. Sulu says rice wine will do if they don't have coffee. I have that in characterization. That
0: undoes the goodwill that I was giving the show about making him a swashbuckler instead of a samurai last last week.
1: Yeah, he's like, i can save for some coffee. Or rice wine if you don't have any. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> so again, it's like a three from me.
1: All right, dog, you're going to be shocked because I gave it a seven. No. Because I enjoyed this episode and I enjoyed all these fuckers.
0: Well, Kirk, look, the episode is fun to watch. That's... Kirk,
1: Kirk needs to have a fair amount of rape in him to be an able commander, and he actually seems kind of sleepy without his rapiness. It does
0: make him sleepy. That's
1: how he appeared to me the whole time. Um, so he may only have one emotion regularly, and without that, he just kind of he's sleepy. Um, he did get a little weepy when he was talking to Sulu down on the planet.
0: No, oh, he loves he's his like, man.
1: I just imagined um, Ray from Akewood... Oh, and I really like that guy, and he's cold right now.
0: <laughs> That's a good point.
1: And feeling emotional about it.
0: If Kirk was more like Ray from Akewood, that would be good characterization. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Also, I would super enjoy that.
1: Uh, again, Spock's crazy old school about stuff. Yeoman Rand uh, wouldn't have rattled on the captain for raping her if he hadn't been so rough on her. Gosh. Yep. And yes, Hulu had some stuff about rice wine, but I just uh, I enjoyed how fucking ludicrous it all was. That all of them were. Yeah,
0: um, you know, last week you talked me up a lot on the Voyager episode for the win. Yeah, not gonna. No, happen. that was really convincing for me.
1: <laughs> no, there was there wasn't really any point except that I liked yeah. it. <laughs>
0: you liked it. Um, that's fine. That's got to factor in somewhere.
1: Come on, snarling stage lighting, Kirk, uh, Walked around all batty and fucking. He's acting as hard as he can.
0: I think Ben makes a good point here. So I'm going to read what he said about characterization verbatim. Uh, he also gave it a three, by the way. Oh dang. Uh, he says it should have been really good characterization of Kirk, but somehow the extremes didn't feel tied back to the original character. Yeah, and it felt true. like these would be the generic results if you split any person.
1: Well, yeah, especially because the evil one is a monster. Yeah, he's a rape monster. Like he's at certain points, he's just going ah and fucking making crazy faces. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. Um. Also, Scotty at one point says it's not a duplicate. It's an opposite. And he I does. wanted to know how he could detect that with his instrument.
0: Because <coughs> that other dog was mean to him.
1: <laughs> That's what he figured out. The dog was mean, so it must be an opposite. Yeah, sample
0: size of one. <laughs> hey, a second dog beamed up and it's shitty. So, look out.
1: And I'm just going to do my quick hitters here while we, yeah, let's while hear. we do the math. Uh, Marshawn repeatedly said that the eyeliner looked really good on Kirk.
0: Oh, well.
1: I think she thought she was being sly, but I added up like four separate times she said it. That going, matches oh, I mean, it matches my good.
0: my understanding of her general aesthetic. I mean, <laughs> big fan of David Bowie.
2: That's
1: right.
0: Probably, probably like the Cure when she was growing up.
1: Um, that's straight... Uh, he he Kirk straight up mouths imposter after Spock suggests that the guy's an imposter. Oh, does he? <laughs> that is called acting. <laughs> he goes. Foster. like in his head he's thinking about it
0: I didn't catch that one
1: uh, uh, how about this actual real quote an unexplained duplicate of myself definitely exists <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> who was he trying to convince oh. Um. let's see they put as many shots of people holding that unicorn dog as possible um, Uh. Spock is so old school about everything he just said Kirk has to be perfect in the eyes of the crew
0: Oh, yeah, that's a weird take that he has. The captain can't afford to have any weaknesses.
1: Yep. Super logical, everything that Spock is saying. Um, Kirk always goes with the judo chop if he has a choice.
0: Yep, that's his move.
1: And uh, look, dude, without a little bit of rape, you go too easy on your employees and you give them the day off. That's what I learned. Yep. He gave uh, him all the day off when he was weak, Kirk.
0: He did. <laughs> uh, okay, I got a couple. Um... So, in the final scene when the two Kirks are on the bridge, hmm. obviously they were too lazy to set up for two different shots. So, they're just mirrored, which means that good Kirk has the scratches on the wrong side of his face it's in nice. every single shot on the bridge. <laughs> uh, so, that's, that's a no good. Right. Um, uh, ben asks the very interesting question, why don't they think to transport down objects like blankets and tents
1: like yeah those you can't have an evil blanket i don't know if it
0: duplicates you have two blankets
1: what if you get the opposite of a blanket which is no blanket (laughs) right that's pretty much the opposite of a
0: blanket so you get one blanket and one no blanket
1: yeah what if that's probably
0: that's probably still fine
1: (laughs) well i don't know it seems seems like a bad idea to me um yeah that's actually a really good point Well, shit, they didn't think everything. You know why? Because they weren't thinking. Yeah. If they'd been thinking, they would have written a completely different episode. But anyway, so any middle managers out there, if you're looking for advice, just uh, don't be a sissy and give your employees a day off. Throw them around a little bit and threaten to rape them.
0: Uh, Ben also asks if this is the first uh, time we hear he's dead,
1: Jim. No, because I think I brought that up a couple episodes ago. Okay. Wondering if that had... And by the way, I wasn't sure at that point that it was the first time.
0: Um. The entire B-plot with the Stranded Men. Yep. Was that... Do you think it was to give an opportunity to show that Kirk had lost his power of decision? Or was it to raise... Put a false deadline on this thing?
1: False deadline, for sure. Okay. Because... Like Ben said, there were a million ways they could have helped those people.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone has figured out that they have shuttlecraft yet. (laughs) Yeah, right. uh, In this series. I haven't seen any yet. Maybe that wasn't available to them. But yeah, they like, hey, why didn't they shoot their ship phasers down at some rocks? Yeah. Like, there's lots of ways they could have done something. This this would not have been a real problem in the next generation.
1: Exactly. It's cold down there. Look, dude, it made him really sad that Sulu was cold. He likes that guy. Um, but how did we do on math on this thing?
0: Yeah, the math wasn't great. So, um, I totaled up a 14.
1: That's not very high. Uh,
0: that is the lowest I've given an original series episode so far. Ouch. Uh, you totaled up a 16,
1: All right, which matches
0: good. last week's. Okay. So, overall, it's a 30. Um, that's out of 80 possible. That's not good. Uh, and if you total Ben's up, it comes out to 16 also, so... Um, we were all in the same. He, he's generally a little more generous than we are. Yeah, but I think he and I see more eye right eye on this episode than uh, he didn't get the enjoyment out of it that you did.
1: I thought it was hilarious.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. But enough of that. Uh, this week we watched where no one has gone before. Tell me about this episode, Matt.
1: Uh, This week on TNG, uh, civilian contractors come on board in an effort to uh, enhance or make their engines more efficient. Um, Actually, what happens is it sends them hurtling through space and uh, leads them to a galaxy far, far away where thoughts become reality, sort of. And then they have to go home. They made it home the end i feel like i did good on that one
0: yeah i mean basically
1: i feel like i did pretty good
0: that's basically what happened (laughs)
1: um you can feel free to start me off with a take because uh i think it's i think we've alluded to the high concept of this episode a few different times
0: yeah of course so the take of this episode is the most powerful force in the universe is thought
1: yeah
0: um And that's that's a 7 for me, because that's a big take.
1: It's definitely bold. That's a big swing. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's something that we know to not be true. Uh,
0: right. (laughs) It's uh, it's something that doesn't seem to be the case in our universe.
1: Yeah, but they went for it, you know? Um,
0: but yeah, that's the premise, right? Like,
1: uh, what I had was, does life imitate art, or does art imitate life? I don't know.
0: Well, okay, (laughs) that's pretty good.
1: But that's what I meant. (laughs)
0: Uh and Ben thought uh Ben had Thought Shapes Reality. Woohoo, how hippy dippy is that? Yeah. I mean it is hippy dippy. Yes it is. But that's how you want your Star Trek to be well, that's how I feel. Anyway, I gave it a seven, Ben gave it a four. Where do you weigh I in on concept or premise here?
1: Agree with Ben I gave it a four.
0: Oh, so not a strong premise.
1: No, I just uh, it's fine to take a big swing. I just um it's so silly. It's just such a silly take. You know, like, um, in, I guess they're saying that in that universe, that is true. In Star Trek, that that yes. now, now that's true. So now what, I have to move forward with that in mind?
0: Well, don't worry. I mean, they didn't.
1: Yeah, but I don't know that going into yeah. this. Who knows um, what's going to go on? I mean, one of the things I really like about this episode, and we'll get into it in execution, is that it makes it seem like... This episode is the f- I think the first one that feels like it's building up to something. No. Oh. Like it's the fr- like it feels like it's going to be a signpost or a benchmark.
0: Yeah, they put some secrets in this episode. Yeah. Like uh well, again, we could talk about that. Um here's here's my argument as to why this is a little bit of a stronger premise. Okay. Uh it explains Q
1: well, I mean that would explain Q, sure, but I don't think that's the only explanation for Q. He's just a super advanced being, right?
0: It explains Q and whatever the various th- powerful thinking life forms from uh, TOS from TOS, the Negaalums po- of the world. It possibly explains telepathy mm-hmm. and some and other mental powers that we see. So it bakes an explanation into the structure of the universe.
1: Yeah, I just don't think that's the only explanation cuz I mean the other take on it is obviously that these are biological things that have happened evolved over time to to have these capabilities.
0: Sure. Um yeah, that's a real beef.
1: That's a B5 take. But I'm just saying it's, you know. Yes, this is one way to explain all of the things that are that seem mysterious and um as of yet, unexplained and unproven things about the Star it, Trek universe.
0: It does mean that the Star Trek universe contains magic, but it already did.
1: It kind of already does, yeah. Yeah. Alright, I can see that. But I'm not changing my score.
0: Alright, fine. So <laughs> tell me about execution, because it sounds That's like right, you thought more kindly of the execution than I did. That's
1: right, dog. I'm giving it an 8! What?! An All 8? Right. Struggling? To keep my biases at bay, but for some reason the cheesiness of this episode and its themes don't make me run screaming the way the cheesiness of, say, this week's Voyager episode does. Mm -hmm. Even though some of it is really melodramatic, particularly some of the things the Traveler says and does.
0: Yeah, he is... He, he is that guy.
1: He literally grabs Wesley by the shoulders and is like, Don't say that! This world isn't ready for craziness like that! It's like, Especially from someone so young. Yes, yeah, like, tone it down, Traveler. Seriously. Come on, man.
0: Uh, yeah, by the way, it, the, the crew instantly proves him wrong.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so even though some of it's melodramatic, it also has some decent dialogue that sort of makes you get over the ridiculous premise. And... Again, most importantly, it feels like it's setting the stage for something that might be lasting, which I think is TNG season one at its best. When they it do, feels like a landmark episode, like this is going to be important when we look back on it.
0: They do set up a lot of dominoes in this first season that frustratingly never get knocked over.
1: I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure a single one of them ever does get knocked over. Um, so this will sound weird, but the writing in this episode, well, probably too earnest for my tastes is still more effective than most Star Trek episodes. All the, all the stuff where everybody's ignoring Wesley seems done really well, where for once Riker is not like a perfect paragon of a person and is completely blowing it when Wesley's telling him exactly what's happening in front of his face.
0: Yeah. Riker uh, trips and breaks his dick in this episode in a couple of places.
1: Yeah. Like even in the end where he has to be like, my name's Wesley commander Riker. Cause he keeps calling him the boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the writing in this episode may not be objectively great, but if you compare this from a couple of episodes ago... Other comments? <laughs> if I may, sir? One of the things about them in the briefing studies was their respect for patience. <laughs> I mean, that's not even English. That's,
1: not, that's like that quote from George W. Bush where he says that families, families is the heart of Americans where wings take dream or something.
0: Yep. Um, uh, so, I'll give you that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, okay. So, and The Traveler is written well at times. It's, like, selective. Like, when he's laying in the bed and they're asking him why there's no record of them ever having visited before. And he's like, uh, you know, because you're, cause you're not interesting. Yeah. There's never been any reason to meet you. Um. And even Kaczynski kind of becomes sympathetic after it becomes clear that he is not responsible for anything that he's taken credit for, and seems like he's kind of lost his shit.
0: Well, he's the best actor in this episode. Yeah. Uh, He's wonderfully hateable. Yes. well, He's perfectly hateable as this big arrogant asshole. But then he's very sad when he says that he thought that somehow he might be operating on that guy's level. The
1: way he trails off when he's explaining that too. You're just like, oh yeah, no, that guy is.
0: I thought, I, I thought maybe I was doing it. That
1: guy's had some shrinkage right here. Like he's, yeah. he's fucked over. So I just thought, even though overall it's too earnest and too, like uh, Ben said, hippy dippy or whatever. Um, I did think that overall it was probably the best written episode that we've reviewed so far.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Um, by contrast, I gave it a four.
1: Okay, seems like we're we're switched on the take and the execution a
0: little bit here, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, at some point, it comes out that thought is the most powerful force in the universe, right? And everybody in this what so far has been an extremely scientifically based organization mm-hmm. just instantly accepts it, it's and Picard especially. They say stuff like what else but thought? Like yeah. Well, dog, like anything else.
1: If <laughs> Picard wants to have a new alien best friend.
0: What else? What else could explain the crazy things that we've seen?
1: Well Yeah. Maybe space is weird. Yep. Maybe <laughs> we don't understand every single thing that's happened. Like space. they just
0: jump to it. And then also. If it is true. That thought is the most powerful force in the universe. Why do we have to go to a special region of space to understand it? Yeah. Like. Why can't they? Why can't something else just happen and their thoughts start coming true, but they're just like right where they were. They don't need to go there. It doesn't it doesn't mean anything. And the weird stakes about how do they get back are. They're they're fake somehow.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe The Traveler fails to explain that in most of the universe that's true, but not in the Milky Way. Sorry. You guys yeah. didn't luck out. Yeah. Or maybe I, you lucked I mean, out? I don't know.
0: Some explanation of why uh, people aren't uh, playing in Baroque chamber orchestras or ballet dancing all the time or trapped behind a huge wall of fire. That dude must be a real delight. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Well, he's uh, the rimmer of the group.
0: Yeah, or he's that guy's straight up roast beef. <laughs> Uh, if if Kirk is Ray, yes. Uh, some explanation of that I think would have helped. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's like a four. Okay. Um, but that that brings us to world building, and you know I have to go high.
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on here.
0: Uh, so this is an eight for me for world building because that is some fundamental shit about the nature of this universe that we're seeing. Yeah. That possibly explains the all-powerful beings we're going to encounter. Um, it sets the stage for some Wesley stuff, although that's forbidden knowledge at this point. A mm-hmm. um, couple of reasons that this is an 8 and not a 10. Right. Uh, uh, rape gangs.
1: <laughs> Just not a fan. So Just not a fan Tasha of...
0: So we weird backstory. Right. So, she's human, right?
1: Uh I think she's human. I mean, in Star Trek she could just be one of the five hundred races that look just like humans, but I okay. think I think we're supposed to understand that she's human. I mean,
0: also her name is Natasha. Yes. So This is what I'm saying, yes. It seems likely that she's supposed to be human. Yeah. What is this planet that she was on?
1: Yeah, this is the beginning like, of what's the opposite of a love affair? This is the beginning of that, the thing that you have for Tracana 4.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> What oh, How can a how can a human colony be like this Yeah, and the, the f- with what we've seen so far of the Federation?
1: And that they only give you the barest snapshot of it, too. Yeah, She just kind of raises it and then doesn't explain anything. She's like, oh, no, I was, I thought I was back with the rape gangs. And no one goes, hold on a second. Take 15 minutes to explain.
0: <laughs> Wait, where are you from?
1: Please uh, just, well, I'll stop what we're doing because I feel like it's important that we talk about this right so now. So these gangs,
0: all they do is rape?
1: They're just literally rape gangs. And your cat... Your cat was a the target?
0: The, your cat was in
1: danger from the rape gangs? The rape animals and just whatever they find. Just anything.
0: Okay, and then no one says, Wait, you're human though, right? Like, yeah, are
1: you from a Federation world?
0: Or... Like, there's a, there's a planet out there where teenage girls are running from rape gangs? Yeah. We... Why don't we go to that planet and stop it?
1: That's right. How come Kirk hasn't gone there and made a speech? Like, what happened?
0: Kirk Kirk should have made a speech by now.
1: Yeah. Made a speech Uh, and assured everyone that everything was fixed and then left and never checked again.
0: I thought Klingon Targs were cheesy.
1: You didn't like the pig with spines?
0: No. It's the opposite of the unicorn dog for me.
1: (laughs) The unicorn dog is a a thumbs up, but the Targ was a thumbs down.
0: Yeah, it's just, just a razorback.
1: Yeah. No, well, it wasn't well done, for sure. And it's
0: like uh that was his kitty
1: cat. To me, the Targ felt like no one at props thought about it till the day of.
0: Yeah, that was that was last minute.
1: And they went, "Wait, we were supposed to provide that. I thought someone else was going to provide. Wait, wait, are oh, we got to do that now?" They glued a uh, Tina Turner
0: wig to a pig <laughs> and they just <laughs> sent it out there.
1: Yeah, it's a kitty cat.
0: Um yeah, so overall, we're building is an 8.
1: I give it a seven. Um, obviously, the premise adds a lot to the TNG universe if it's to be believed. Everything about the Traveler, what he is and how he exists, what other galaxies are like, mm-hmm. including M thirty three or whatever it is. Um, that there are Targs and rape gangs and memo, memo, and um, that there are Starfleet civilian contractors. Who they hired to, like, come in and mess around with their shit.
0: Yes, I will never not be fascinated with the weird rank pin that he wears.
1: It's, what is it, a square or something?
0: It's like a rectangle that's like a black square next to a white square. But <laughs> in some lights, it looks like a trapezoid instead of a square.
1: Yeah, I don't know what he is.
0: No one explains, is he a warrant officer? What is going All on? All they call
1: him is Kaczynski the entire time. They just
0: refer to him. We don't never learn his first name.
1: hmm Theodore, I'm sure.
0: Uh, no one cares about his assistant at all.
1: Yep. Who's that he guy?
0: Just, he just tells him that his name is unpronounceable. How and come he wears just, pajamas? They just ignore him for yeah. the first half of the episode.
1: Uh, there's still a revolving door at chief engineer.
0: Uh, at this yep, stage. this is this is Argyle.
1: Still, they have not found a good fit for that position. Um,
0: By the way, he's referred to in this as one of our chief engineers.
1: <laughs> yep. So, yeah, even that is unclear. It's unclear how many and who they are. Uh, so, yeah, so those are all things I felt added to the universe, good or bad. I uh, I, gave, I gave it a seven on world building.
0: Uh, how about characterization?
1: I gave it another seven. No. I did, dude.
0: That's a high score wrapping up I here. Know. I know.
1: I, again, sometimes I look down after I'm done, and I am surprised at what I have done. Um, Picard is still big-dogging Riker at this point pretty hard yes on the bridge he's like uh hey uh you're the one who's so worried about it now it's your job how do you like that you come to me with your stupid problems i make them your job uh which i liked but he's only too willing to engage the traveler and buy into the crazy thoughts make reality stuff like as soon as he can and he overcomes his weirdness around kids pretty suddenly and promotes wesley so that he can be on the bridge at all times So there's a lot of, like, uh, growth and tolerance coming from Picard in this episode, which I'm not sure I really enjoyed. But Riker can still spot a weasel at first glance, or even before first glance. Yep. Uh, But what I liked was that for the first time he is fallible and doesn't see what Wesley's doing until it's almost too late. Uh, Wesley's still some kind of wonder kid, Uh, saves saves the day, and he's a very sensitive boy. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that is. about Wesley. He's my friend. <laughs> uh the only other characters of substance in this one are um Arkazinski and the Traveler. Uh um, yes. but what can I say? I just uh I liked I liked them all. I liked all the characters and what they were up to.
0: Um that's interesting. It's very interesting to me. Uh because kinda of, kind like David... that
1: TOS episode where I, I just I just liked what was happening.
0: So. Yeah. You were in a good mood this week. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, I gave it a three. Ouch. Uh, so there are a couple of things that I didn't like in addition to the things I've talked about. Uh, Picard has always felt like his mother is there with him. Yeah. Picard is so anti-religion later.
1: Yeah, oh, just Wildly. vehemently. Yeah.
0: But no, his mom's ghost is there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. Why is Riker suddenly technically competent?
1: This is what I had on quick hitters. This is when Riker was still supposed to be smart before Frank's brain rot rubbed off on his character.
0: (laughs) Like, he's so suspicious of Kaczynski. Yep. Um, his frustration, meaning that he didn't listen to Wesley, even though Wesley was doing a real good job of signaling that he had something important to tell Riker.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah, he did everything that he was supposed to do.
0: Uh, that was some weak shit to me, um... (laughs) I guess you like that that uh, Riker was not perfect in this.
1: I think it was the first time he wasn't perfect, which is why I liked it. I mean... You're right, he, does, you can, he, he looks him right in the face, he's like, not now, Wesley, I'm busy, I'm busy with stuff.
0: Can you compare it to last week's episode when he was quoting Sun Tzu and he was just so tall?
1: <laughs> yes, he was.
0: Uh, yeah, he, I mean, it's a real step down this week. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is a three for me from characterization. Uh... Let's just check in on uh, what Ben said here. Uh, He gave it a four for execution. Okay. Uh, A six for world building.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, He asked the question, at one point the Traveler says he gave other ships, like, improvements.
1: Yeah, they mentioned that they actually worked and that the other engines are better now, the the ships they visited.
0: He wonders, should we see, like, some permanent Federation advantage here? But that just doesn't happen. He wonders if the rest of his race is doing this same dumb shit.
1: Yeah, well, we'll never know, but yeah.
0: And when they get to the weird end of the universe, there's all those spinning lights, and no one addresses it for, like, even a second.
1: (laughs) No one's like, what are those things that look like just, like, the dots on some dice are lit up? What is the deal? Um, let's see.
0: Yeah, he just said the same stuff. Frecker is useless. What does acting Ensign mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh does he outrank Chief O'Brien now?
1: I'm sure he does, even in acting ensign
0: Yeah. Uh for quick hits, uh, uh Ben wanted to point out that the Traveler has ninja turtle hands. Yes he does. Which is that's actually pretty true. <laughs> yep. That's a pretty good pretty good characterization. Um I had some other quick hitters. Uh Riker big dogs Kaczynski in the engine room to make him explain exactly what he's doing, but then he immediately gets bored. Yep. <laughs> and just lets him do it yep. like he doesn't listen like we cut away from his explanation and when we come back he's just do- he's doing some nonsense mm-hmm. but Riker is clearly checked out about 20 seconds into that and then he's just like uh, to Argyle so I mean is there any way this can hurt us like clearly you're gonna make you're gonna explain this until we understand it alright though okay
1: <laughs> yeah. You yeah. are a blowhard. He even's like, how, how simple do you want it? And he's like, I'll leave that up to you. And it's like, what?
0: Dog, it looked like Worf's kitty cat left some stains on the carpet. Oh. Like when he beams out of there, that carpet's got stains on it.
1: That's not good.
0: I think that pig pooped on the set.
1: No, oh, it was either him or Worf.
0: Um, did Riker somehow intuit Picard's acting ensign play?
1: He does start smiling like a fucking shit eater.
0: Because. He's, I mean, he set him up like Picard's like, ah, come on here. And he's like, well, sir, you've got this rule. Yeah, we can.
1: Only commissioned officers. <laughs> no kids allowed on the bridge, Captain. Am I right? <laughs>
0: uh, and then my last one was, uh, this seemed like a script error. Picard has to field the question of why they don't stay and explore twice.
1: Yes like he
0: has to field it at the first step and then he has to field it again at the second step.
1: yeah, they totally forgot they kept them both in
0: and it's like yeah, you meant to cut you meant to cut one of those right yeah this is two different drafts of the script got combined, and <laughs> that's why that's in two places
1: yeah that's you know all the cutting and uh, and pacing of the script is also why you don't learn that the traveler's real name is e hot <laughs> that's what I have <laughs> uh-uh. Um, I got some quick hitters. Yeah. They are totally fine probing their guests with an empath. Oh, yeah. As soon as they walk onto the ship, which is, again, a part of the morality of Star Trek and Starfleet that is never visited.
0: Yeah, they have reached a real weird conclusion about telepathy.
1: Yeah, B5, uh, J. Michael Straczynski would never have just passed that over without getting into it obviously we know that it was an important
0: part of the b5 universe
1: yeah because it's something that you want to think about if someone has crazy mind powers people would worry about that you would think um let's see Riker has already been told like five times that these uh, these guys are just going to come in and go beep beep boop on the computers and leave but he is convinced the safety of the enterprise is at risk
0: yeah
1: which it ends up being but he, they just keep telling him, "No, all we're doing is some simulations, and then you know maybe it'll be more efficient, or maybe it won't." But he is sure that they're here to destroy the ship.
0: Yep. Yeah, he's worried about it. Yeah.
1: Uh, old guy playing the violin doesn't appear to have any pips, unless the screen image has been mirrored for some reason. Is he on an even worse career path than the other fifty plus ensigns on board? That dude is a straight up crewman. That is That's rough. the Simon Tarsy's. He is in a bad way because that guy's pretty old. Uh, did you catch what, Mama? called Picard? Uh, did she also call him Jean? She called him Jean, just like Crusher, <laughs> even though he told her everyone calls him Castillo except for his mom.
0: Look, maybe that's changed in the future. Ugh. Maybe it's actually weird to Picard every time Beverly calls him Jean-Luc.
1: <laughs> that's the part that makes him cringe. <laughs> like,
0: hey, it's two names. We just need one of them.
1: So when he's imagining Maman, is he just imagining that she has super deep shit to say? Or, or is, like, how is she imparting wisdom about that part of the universe that he doesn't know
0: uh well dog thought becomes reality so that was his real maman.
1: so his real maman. she just knew shit
0: yeah I guess there's a heaven
1: cause she starts to tell him all about this mysterious adventure that he's on look
0: he imagined that she would know that she would have <laughs> wise things to say so she did <laughs> she
1: did <laughs> Um, also, does Picard not trust Geordi to get them to their next destination? Because at the end of the episode, he asks both he and Data to set course, and they both confirm. Yeah, I guess so. They're both like, yep, we are on it! We are gonna get there! Well,
0: they've had two little misadventures in warp speed already. (laughs) Yeah. He just wants to be, like, really dot the I's and cross the T's. Uh, Look, otherwise it's not clear what Data does all day there.
1: Yeah, as uh, Chief of Ops, he mostly just sits there at that control panel and does other people's jobs like reroutes phaser power and shit. Yeah, I think
0: he largely magnifies the screen. I think that's <laughs> most of what he does. Like the When time. Worf doesn't do it from tactical. It's
1: <laughs> like the time in The Last Outpost when Picard says to go to maximum magnification and it goes up the tini- tiniest fraction.
0: Yeah, it goes up <laughs> 1.1 1. 1 times. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: Alright, what was the math on this thing?
0: Uh, So I gave it a 22.
1: Okay, it seems decent for Star Trek.
0: It's not bad, especially for me. I, I grade them a little more harshly than you do. Generally, uh, you gave it a twenty-six. Boom, which is not not quite as good as what happened uh, last week with Voyager. Yeah, in a also, surprise to everyone. Last week, I could not
1: add. Oh,
0: it was uh, actually a fifty-point week for Voyager, and I only gave them credit for forty-nine. Oh, way to go! Yeah, that's stupid
1: as long as we catch it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, so 48 for where no one has gone before. So not our all-time high.
1: Pretty good, though.
0: Yeah. But uh, good. Uh, 18 points higher than than we gave Enemy Within.
1: Enemy <laughs> Within the, as an episode. As a piece of art was not good.
0: Uh, ben only gave it a 19, so he was harsher on this episode than either of us. Okay. Well, that's fair. Uh, but enough of that. This week we watched Captive Pursuit. Deep Space Nine gets his first visitor from beyond the wormhole, an alien called Tosk, the prey animal, in a ceremonial hunt. Also, he becomes O'Brien's, like, best friend. For life? Yeah, best friend for life. I mean, his life probably not going to be that long. Right. Because he is Tosk. Uh,
1: That's it, huh? Man, anything? Okay. Um, Look,
0: not much happened in this episode.
1: Yeah... They take
0: a long time to figure out what's going on.
1: So, what I had, what I came up with, was other cultures are different, and it's okay to judge them. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's, as far as I can tell, that is what the premise of the episode was. Now, I did kind of a little cheat, which I think I had to do a couple times last week, where I used the evidence from the episode to kind of backtrack and uh reverse engineer what the what the take was.
0: <laughs> what must they have been going for the <laughs> somewhere right, we saw? Because
1: I couldn't actually determine it without doing that. And that's what I got out of it. Was that other cultures are totally different and it's totally okay to judge them.
0: Uh yeah, I mean Ben just said cultural norms. Okay. Uh and what I said was tolerance of other cultures requires accepting behavior that would be abhorrent in yours. So, kind of the opposite of what you were... Well, no, because that still implies a judgment.
1: Yes, and... You're I'm, just going to
0: go along with it.
1: And when we get to execution, you'll see what I did to it. Um, So, I gave it a five. What'd you give it?
0: That's a four for me.
1: Yeah. There wasn't really much there. That was more of a, let's meet a cool new alien and who really cares kind of Yeah.
0: to me. They weren't they weren't taking a swing here.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to jump into execution. I gave it a three. And the reason was because the whole time Sisko's talking about how you can't judge, but the whole episode he judges. And the whole Scrappy Gang tries to circumvent this entire cultural system that these other guys have set up. So they're totally having it both ways. Like, while Sisko has to give lip service and be like, oh, well, you know, we can't judge. It's their culture. All they do the entire time is try to mess it up, essentially. They all work together in the end to free that guy and keep the save his life and all this nonsense and all all they're just sneering at this terrible culture the whole time
0: yeah I guess um so this is gonna be a surprise to you because I gave it an 8 what yeah
1: well I guess we have opposite takes then we should have opposite excuses I don't know
0: So so here's a couple of things um number one the cold open about uh Quark and the Dabo Girls
1: is that a cultural thing?
0: Foreshadows uh, an episode that's about the treatment of sentient beings as chattel.
1: Okay, I guess that makes sense. yeah. so it's
0: a nice parallel they've put in there. Uh, at least Cisco offers asylum right like that is the that's the one solution that he can provide to this problem. Of their shitty culture. Sure. Um and then I think O'Brien's final solution is probably the best possible outcome for everyone, except the three guys he killed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, except for them. It's don't not worry so good for them. He don't worry, he didn't get in trouble.
0: Nope. <laughs> no, look, at least they got killed in the hunt.
1: I know. And that's what O'Brien says that in real life if he said that you would just slap him. Probably. You would just go, shut the fuck up. No one needs to hear from you right now. Go to the brig. But he he like he's just winking as he says it. Cisco just winks right back. He's like, Oh I Never could have gotten that far. Odo definitely would have caught me. What happened? And Cisco's like, oh, I guess we'll never know. And then it freeze frames and goes into the fucking end credits or whatever.
0: But then probably five minutes later, O'Brien walked into his quarters and a chair that didn't belong there turned into <laughs> Odo, and he told him, I would have caught you. That's
1: right. I was just waiting for you to come to your quarters and notice this chair. <laughs> then you were mine.
0: He could have just stood there in his Odo form. Wouldn't have mattered.
1: And then uh, you won't notice the chair, but I'll transform anyway.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so, look, in the end, they have to release him back to the hunt. Uh Uh-huh. Even though that's abhorrent to them.
1: Yeah, I I don't... uh, That's it. Yeah.
0: So, I give weak premise, but a fair execution of the premise is where I had this one.
1: Yeah, I guess um, I can see your point, and I like the thing that you had about... um about quark in the beginning
0: oh that's going to come back later okay. i got more to say about that
1: uh, everyone does uh about quark i have a lot about quark <laughs> um but i mean I, I if i had your premise then i would like what happened and even though i don't have your premise the thing about quark does like you said foreshadow that there's going to be some cultural nonsense i think the thing about quark's enough for me to bring that execution up to a four.
0: Ooh. I yeah. see. I talked you up a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I mean, you talked me up six points last week or whatever, but still.
1: Because I, I just, you know. At the time, I was just thinking, wow, this is the. They really made Quark as unlikable as you can. Like, they just went for it. But we'll talk about that in characterization. Uh, world building.
0: Uh, got? a couple of things. Um,. At one point, Tosk asks what Deep Space Nine's purpose is, and they all stand around, gone, Uh...
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, though. I have that in quick hitters. Why does O'Brien not know what the purpose of DS9 is? He seems baffled by the question.
0: Uh, yeah, so... (laughs) Yeah, what is its purpose?
1: He doesn't know. It doesn't...
0: None of it makes sense. (laughs) Uh, so that's not good for me. That's not (laughs) world-building. I mean, we know um,
1: Starfleet's presence there, the purpose of that is. They've explained that in the past. It's to get Bajor ready for entrance into the Federation. Does he just not feel comfortable saying that?
0: Uh, yeah, but like... The, the space station's not even orbiting Bajor.
1: Nope, not anymore. This is not
0: helpful for that purpose. And
1: he, in fact, he settles on, I guess it's to keep an eye on the wormhole. It's like, yeah, I don't think it is. <laughs> it's like, All right, like, nice, alright, nice deduction, O'Brien, but you should just know.
0: Um... Dog, is there any chance that the Cardassians made those service corridors out of two meters of duranium? Yeah,
1: what would be the point of that?
0: That's got to be five times the strongest battleship armor.
1: What What would be the point of doing that?
0: Why would... What, yeah, exactly. Unless they're, that bears the entire load of the, of the space station. Yeah. Like, that's the entire structure of the
1: space station. That's the backbone? Those service corridors?
0: But it happens... That they they also routed the service corridors in there,
1: yeah, seems unlikely,
0: yeah, so that's uh, it? I give it a four is what okay. I'm gonna say
1: I give it a six um I think you always get a big boost when you introduce an entirely new alien culture and give you some time to play around in it, yeah, so you get all well, the that's thoughts. why it's a
0: four for me for sure, like yeah. otherwise that's not great stuff that they did there.
1: You get all the Tosk stuff about him and the dudes chasing him and how the society works, and it's kind of, you learn it slowly as the episode goes along and stuff like that. So that's all good stuff. Uh, you get some uh, unsavory details about Quark's establishment and how things work there. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had. Was it?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I wonder if Ben thought was happening here.
1: Yeah, I wish there really not
0: much. Yeah,
1: aside from the alien culture, not. Visitors
0: from the Delta Quadrant, as opposed to the Federation going there, he thinks someone should have encountered these guys before. Like, are they not sending ships through there?
1: They keep saying they are. They keep saying they're sending expeditions across, but, I don't know. Also bugs him
0: that they didn't even bother to name the species of hunters.
1: No, yeah, so he's Tosk, but they never even asked those guys what they were called. Yeah. Okay, Cisco's really bad at first contact
0: He's like, not good at first contact Look, he got He got sent to this mission to like do forms and reports, right? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how have the Bajorans progressed in agriculture? How are they in mining? <laughs>
1: how many replicators do they need?
0: How many, how much, how many blankets should we send this month? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just left him there Even though this suddenly became the most important first contact site In the Federation
1: <clears throat> Yep I mean, what I had in Quick Hitters was they pass on first contact protocol despite the fact that this is the first visitor from the Gamma Quadrant. They then double down on idiocy by sending Ophish O'Brien to make bad small talk. That's what I had.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's like send O'Brien out there.
1: Not even trying to do a good job on the first alien you're meeting from the Delta Quadrant. Also
0: straight up tells O'Brien that he's unintimidating. (laughs)
1: That's right. Awesome job, Benjamin. Good work. You're killing it. Um alright. Uh d- d- characterization? You got any I got any ideas about that?
0: Yeah, I had a couple of things. Um So there's Quark. Yeah. Half of the episode he's doing this don't call me barkeep routine yep. with O'Brien where he like seems to enjoy <sighs> being a shoulder to cry on and, like, tries to get it started with another guy even after O'Brien leaves. Right. But he's a big old sex trafficker.
2: Yeah, he is. He really like, is. I'm
0: sorry, that really undercuts the cuteness of his routine. That's fine. He has saying. written a clause into these Dabo Girls contract where he gets to diddle them. Mm-hmm. M- minimum.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for Quark, certainly I agreed. I had Quark is not very likable, I guess. S- uh, straight up office sexual harasser. Yeah. And O'Brien just needles him like crazy at the bar. Like, O'Brien yeah, gets a lot does. of joy out of needling him.
0: He does a lot. Speaking of needling, uh, I thought Cisco bringing up O'Brien's marital trouble was a low blow.
1: Yeah, right. It's like, your wife won't have to complain about being here anymore because she hates you and doesn't want to be married to you anymore and she doesn't have sex with you anymore.
0: So yeah, like... like oh, hey, man. Dang I don't know I'm... how you heard about that. <laughs> That ain't some workplace shit.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, isn't that still better than, like, a formal reprimand? Which is, you know... No, yeah. Ordinarily, what you give someone when they give, when they kill three aliens on a first contact mission, right? You give yeah, them a note in their file?
0: Generally, at least a note in their file. Yeah. Um, and also, Odo's sense of indignation at Federation oversight is, like, way easy to exploit. Like, <laughs> mad easy to exploit.
1: Yeah, he's pretty easy to set off.
0: <laughs> uh, So, like, you know, for me... Some character work was done here, but it was all dumb, so it's a three. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Like and I'm sorry, most of the most of the losses and points in there are from quark because we're just supposed to forget about this and move on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I give it a four. So we had the same stuff about Quark. Uh O'Brien is so damn affable. Right? Just uh it has got a lot of jokes and easy going and uh, all that stuff. Oh, no, wait. He abuses the barkeep physically and verbally when he's in a bad mood. Yeah. Now, again, yeah. no one likes that guy. But still, wait, is this the, was this episode written in the 90s? I'm very confused. You can have a sex trafficker run the bar, but then people just come in and abuse him physically. The same guys you're supposed to think are really affable and good dudes. Uh so, blah. uh Odo gets 2 character points in as obviously as he can in under 1 minute. <laughs> Nobody's abducting prisoners from this brig. And I'll never use a phaser so there. Yep. He just straight up is like, "Oh, we haven't done a lot about me lately. Let me just say two statements really loudly about myself." So that's what they that's that's what they call doing work on Odo in this episode. And uh Cisco is um, he ends up being part of the conspiracy because he's a good guy at heart. Right. Alright, he may be a hard-ass boss and he might throw your marital troubles in your face, but, you know, he'll still help out in the end.
0: Also, he has crazy senioritis.
1: <laughs> yes, he Like,
0: does. if he got drummed out of Starfleet, he'd be totally chill. He'd be like, yeah,
1: it's fine, I get man. it. I'm just gonna go fishing. With my son, yeah. Jake. Have you met Jaco?
0: Um... Weirdly, this characterization was the high point for Ben, he gave it a seven. Uh, he mentioned Odo's phasers. Ooh, that uh, Odo
1: stuff worked for him.
0: He thinks uh obviously a lot of O'Brien development. Yeah. The stuff about not being happy at home and then his obvious desire to pal around with Tosk. Yeah. So he's like the dude is dude is desperate just for like a chill hang. That's
1: probably how he ends up spending so much time with Bashir later, which we don't know about yet.
0: Yeah, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, He also had this quick hitter, which I didn't really catch, but it makes sense. Uh, The new aliens looked like colonial British troops with pith helmets.
1: (laughs) Well, good. At least that we could detect where the inspiration was.
0: And I only had one quick hitter for this. Is O'Brien making a joke about Vulcans when he says we're here to serve? As the Vulcans say we're here to serve?
1: Is that a joke? It's a good question. I'm not sure if it This dude doesn't
0: know anything about Vulcans, right? He needs some work. There's no point in telling him that if it's not a joke. But, like, it didn't really have the cadence of a
1: joke. It didn't land.
0: PURD wouldn't have picked up on it.
1: No. Yeah, that was rough. Um, Quick hitters. uh, So if dude is supposed to be dedicated to surviving at all costs, uh, why does he refuse to get off his ship even when it is obviously about to blow up around him?
0: Yeah, clearly that's one of the rules in this dumb hunt.
1: You're not allowed to get off your broken ship.
0: You gotta stay with your ship, man.
1: It's cheating. <laughs> I just thought maybe he was beguiled by O'Brien's lumpy Irish head or something.
0: I mean, if that's true, it doesn't make sense why he has camouflage. Yeah. Like, can't leave your ship. It's, uh... Sorry about that
1: camouflage. And by the way, fucking Babylon 5 rip-off show, we get it, you are all Tosk. Understood. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um... Uh, why can any civilian ask the computer where the weapons are stored?
0: Yep, the computer an does answer? not flag that shit at all.
1: No, it just goes, oh, it's right over here. It's this room.
0: A thing doesn't beep on Odo's desk that says, hey, the new guy wanted to know where the armory was. We're I'm still... sorry, weapons locker. <laughs> yeah, we still... Just a locker on Deep Space Nine.
1: We're still getting an Odo shapeshift at least every episode, so that's still on track.
0: Yep, yep, um, for sure.
1: Uh, O'Brien's change the rules moment was very Dewey Cox. When he is at the bar and then suddenly says out loud, change the rules.
0: Uh, 100% correct.
1: Uh, And like you said, I love how his rocky marriage is something that everyone just talks about right to his face. Just, uh, hey, your marriage sucks, huh? That's it. All day, every day. So yeah, that was, um, what did the math look like on this piece of shit?
0: Uh, I gave it a 19, you gave it a 19, Ben gave it a 19.
1: That is actually kind of scary.
0: Yeah, that may be the first time that's happened. I mean, it's...
1: We are unified. to see if
0: it's ever happened before that you and I have given an episode
1: the same score. That is a uh, very consistent view on this underwhelming episode.
0: No, that's n- this is the first time in week five.
1: All right, well, good. So we agree. Piece of shit. So what's next? We got the the Voyager.
0: Yeah, this week we watched the Cloud.
1: Uh, Janeway and Co. Uh, they detect some Omicron particles, which are important for (laughs) reasons.
0: They su- suggest that there might be antimatter.
1: Yeah, and so they go into a nebula to, to get these these Omicron particles. Turns out the nebula is alive, though, and they injure it, so they have to go back in and fix it later. Because, you know, it's their job since they wounded it. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Nebula's alive.
0: Yeah, nebula's alive. Alright. Um, so here is my read on the premise of the episode
1: good luck with this by the way this was the one that I rated lowest on premise for the entire week
0: so what I said here was standard Starfleet behavior including investigating every passing anomaly uh, may not help get Voyager
1: home well that's that's a reasonable take what did you rate that
0: five middle of the road
1: that's a reasonable take I just, I don't know if that's what the episode was trying to say. That's what Neelix says with his mouth, but I think you're supposed to be going, Neelix, what a bad attitude!
0: Yeah, but isn't he proved right? I don't know.
1: I had, I gave it a one. Uh, And only because I'm not sure whether we're allowed to give zeros.
0: Uh, We haven't discussed it and it's never happened, but I don't see why. Wait, did I give a zero? I don't know. I gave a zero in Code of Honor. Can I give Uh, this a zero? I gave Code of Honor's Execution a zero, so yeah, you can give it a zero.
1: I'm going to give it a zero. Alone in space, your crew is your family, bleh. That is literally how Janeway sets up the entire episode. By talking all about how she's got to be their Star Trek mom. And how how she
0: can't be, like, a reserved captain, like, standard Starfleet behavior.
1: Yeah, she's got to, like... so you see how
0: that's my premise, too?
1: Gotta hang out with them. Gotta hang out with them and stuff. Uh, well, sort of. Yeah. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I gave it a zero.
0: Well, look.
1: I gave it a zero because that's just the worst. That's just stupid.
0: I'm not arguing hard for this episode. Yeah. It, it's not not a great watch. Um... Uh, let's... Let's I can... see what Ben thought, just f- for whatever.
1: And then I could I can jump into execution. Yeah,
0: weird shit in space?
1: Oh, it's another one of those. Yeah.
0: yeah. You gotta dig for these.
1: Yeah. I, They're
0: I, all about weird shit in
1: space. If she hadn't said it with her mouth, I would not have necessarily known what to put there.
0: Well, and obviously I borrowed mine from Neelix, so... <laughs>
1: That's right, I borrowed from Jamie you borrowed yours from Neelix.
0: Uh, so given that we had different premises, it wouldn't be surprising scores. to have different execution scores either,
1: uh, I gave mine a real middle-of-the-road five. Okay. Uh, a lot of work was done here, although most of it was obvious and vulgar. Uh, she reports the premise, as I took it, of the episode to us in a voiceover. Sometimes they don't get along, okay? But they depend on each other. And, like, Harry Kim is the younger brother that everyone, like, picks on and dismisses. And Chakotay's the worst! That's all I had. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh so there are a couple of things. So I give it a four. So not even as high as you in execution. Right. couple of things about this episode that bothered me. The uh, spirit animal bee story.
1: Oh, my God. Can we never talk about him being a, a fucking Native American again? Kay. I know it's we won't a- be able to. It
0: sucks real bad. That oh, sucks a lot. God. But it also could be in any episode. Yep. It does not tie in at all. To the problems Voyager's having or the solution to those problems. It's entirely uh, orthogonal to you, the A-story.
1: Well, you know what it ties into? My premise of her being their best friend mom, Star Trek mom.
0: Uh, I mean, she could have, she you know, if she had just been like, so, you're a straight-up Indian, huh? That's neat. <laughs> uh, but, like, her w- weird desire to have an animal guide... Hmm is more like she misses her dog than it is like (laughs) she wants to be his part of his family.
1: Maybe she misses her dog. It's true. She might.
0: Ah, but I mean, that could have been in anything. The only slightly creative thinking that's done in this whole episode is the, when the doctor suggested they suture the wound. And that's like, do they not? What do they do for basic first aid training?
1: Uh, I have something about this in here. <clears throat> Nobody on the bridge has ever heard of a suture. Yeah. Despite the fact that they have been mentioned many times in every Star Trek series. I looked it up to make sure.
0: Um, also despite the fact...
1: That it's, that like, the most common thing you can do?
0: Tom Paris has a weird hard-on for 20th century Paris. Yeah. Like, does it not? does it not apply to any other aspects? Like, he's never heard of Stitches? He doesn't know the expression, I'll give you stitches? (laughs) You're going to need stitches?
1: I don't know, dude. Does that not mean anything to him? But I checked to make sure that sutures do still appear in the future in Star Trek. In all of them.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm 90% sure that they have a device called an auto-suture.
1: Yes, they do.
0: So the concept of suturing should still exist.
1: But they're all like, what's a suture? What are you talking about? Yeah. It was dumb.
0: But that's it. That's That's the best thinking that that crew can come up with.
1: And it comes and the one who comes up with it is just a fucking encyclopedia yes like he knows what a suture is so that's what he comes up with good for him yeah yeah not great <clears throat> so it
0: was a four and I'm afraid world building also did not score high for me I gave it a three
1: what you have
0: I mean there's a couple of things here spaceborn life but um even if you were watching the episodes in this order you've seen it encounter at far point
1: that's correct
0: um electronic peyote yeah that was the dumbest thing i've ever seen yeah but at least hey they've got some new drugs in the future yeah yeah not just the badge holder sniff device from encounter at farpoint (laughs) right they've got a straight up tiger electronic peyote
1: right yeah handheld uh (laughs) like that batman game we used to have
0: and apparently, the Paris of the future is like a shitty movie where people pickpocket tourists for fun.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I gave it a two. Yeah. On um, world building. I fucking hate Sandrine's, and I hate all the other recurring holodeck environs. Don't ever go there again. I know they're gonna go there again. But they, I mean, they sure will. They sure will, though. It's fucking worst. Everything in it is terrible. It's terrible. Does does Tom Paris... (laughs) I guess maybe we can get into this in characterization. I don't know. But does he just invite everybody to his weird holodeck sex fantasies?
0: Uh, Except Janeway.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, she even shows up in the end. Maybe she's not invited, but he literally invited everyone else to his holodeck sex fantasies.
0: Yeah, for sure. He invited them to a pool hall where... The French owner is on his jock constantly.
1: Uh, I just... Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, he did. He is not ashamed.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, that was the only thing that I really... I mean, the, some of the techno babble was new, like Omicron particles and shit, And but I, I don't know. It, that's no, yeah, two but they, for me.
0: They don't really contribute to the universe.
1: Yeah, it's a two for me.
0: Look, sometimes techno babble is something like midichlorians, yeah. where you have to go, oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry, is that how this was supposed to work the whole time? Yeah. And sometimes it's just garbage.
1: Oh, this episode may have the worst technobabble ever. Sometimes uh, it's
0: just a, a type J9 energy converter or whatever. <laughs> whatever it was from last week.
1: Your energy device! <laughs> um, I hear some techno babble for you. These are quotes. We're being hit by multipolar charges. We've lost the rear driver coil assembly. The only way to shut down all thrusters is to vent the deuterium into space. Reset IDF baseline at three zero zero and reinitialize. Field processors coming back online. Initiate reaction control thrusters in drift mode only. There's a solid five minutes in the middle of this episode that nobody actually had to write.
0: That's
1: true. They just put in technobabble after technobabble uh, and nothing happened.
0: If you had said gravitation to automatic, <laughs> I would have I would have enjoyed it.
1: But I'm being seen like a solid five minutes. Where there's just people yelling stuff that doesn't make any sense.
0: It's not much of an episode.
1: No. It's fucking horrible. What do you have for characterization?
0: Uh, So I'm going to lead with the score. It's a four for me. Okay. Um, We get it. Janeway likes dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The doctor continues to be an irritant, but he also continues to be, like, patronizing to ladies.
1: Yeah. And then he's like... I think in this it was this episode or maybe the last one where he kind of blames his bad personality on the guy who made him.
0: Yep. Uh, Tuvok and Paris are raising Kim in this episode. Ugh, yeah. But who accepts the duty of tucking him in at night? That's
1: what Star Trek: The Next Generation wasn't afraid to go there.
0: Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's it for characterization. It's just a <laughs> it's just a four for me.
1: Yeah, I gave it a four as well. Like, Bay- oh, by the way,
0: I I hated. Uh, that you can you can tap your communicator and then whisper to someone. <laughs> like why did they build that function in there? I'm I'm sorry I'm talking an execution point.
1: <laughs> you go back in and take it out. Uh, I give it a four. May wants to be the crew's mom. Why? I'm not sure. Is Harry Kim supposed to be Chinese? Why is his name Korean?
0: That's yeah. Uh,
1: he talks about an ancient Chinese secret or something at one point. Um, he and Tuvok are frenemies as well. That's what I got out (laughs) of it. Yep. Um, Chakotay's a Native American.
0: Yeah, that's, that goes through real strong. It's kind
1: of like how Tucker's from the South in Enterprise. Um, Neelix makes some super good points about Janeway, which you took. Which is, why are we doing this? Can we stop doing this?
0: It's, by the way, odd to me that he is so eager to get to the Alpha Quadrant.
1: Yeah, wasn't it for him? What did he care
0: God, sorry, that's a characterization point. <laughs> I just had to... Uh, the more we point. think about doesn't,
1: it, the worse this episode gets. Doesn't make
0: any sense that that should be the case.
1: It was clearly not meant to be analyzed. Uh, I guess Neelix and Kes are an item, after all? We were wor- yeah. we were wondering about how much they really were last week, because it seems like she doesn't really care what happens to him. But
0: It seems one-sided.
1: Yeah. But they hella make out, which is gross. Um, God, That is nasty. And yes, Tom Paris invites everyone to his sex programs. Can he be put back in jail? He
0: (laughs) He should go back to jail. Oh, uh... What are Federation prisons like?
1: Dude, is that prison remark supposed to make Harry afraid Tom Paris is going to stick his Vienna sausage in his Vienna sausage tin? Sorry, I was eating (laughs) Vienna sausages when I was writing
0: this. (coughs) Like, uh, he learned to break into Starfleet crew quarters in prison?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: That's a quick hitter for me. But, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, surprisingly, Ben gave this one a six for characterization. He says it's mostly good. Um, the animal guides thing was odd, but gave depth to Janeway and Chakotay. Uh He's really hitting the Indian thing hard. Yeah. How can that cast actress kiss the Neelix face, he wrote. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's acting a fair question. It turns out she's an insane person.
1: In real life, it all makes sense. <laughs> uh,
0: he says, Kim is Voyager's Wesley.
1: Yeah, I think that's...
0: But, of... like, less competent?
1: Yeah, not like a prodigy.
0: Not like a wunderkind?
1: Yeah, just a nice boy.
0: Uh, oh, and uh, his quick hitter for this episode is, finally, someone is honest about what the holodeck is for.
1: Fucking, yeah. It was
0: fucking. It was yeah, fucking.
1: Exactly. I think Riker's kind of honest about that a few times.
0: Uh, yeah, I think he's said that there are some interesting problems. Oh, and by
1: the way, it's what Quark talks about all the time.
0: That's true. <laughs>
1: Alright, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
0: It just hasn't come up yet in this run, really.
1: Uh do you have quick hitters?
0: Um other than the uh prison thing, uh the, when they see this nebula, they say it's seven AU's in diameter. Right. So that's way, way smaller than our solar system.
1: Right. Yes. So.
0: Seems like they could have given it a miss. Yeah. yeah at that point, it's just a cloud.
1: Yeah, we've seen those. Yeah. But it had Omicron particles in it, dog!
0: It did. Um, but they just got burned last week by, like, looking for some dilithiums. <laughs> that's I think, so,
1: I think that's why Neelix's point is well taken. So, like, hey,
0: learn a thing. Learn a lesson.
1: Uh, Quick hitters from me, when was this show made? 1995 or 1965? Seriously, ancient Chinese curse? Yep. Uh, is Chakotay fucking his animal guide? Because he makes a really special point of making sure everybody knows it's a lady animal. Uh and then I thought, correct. maybe it's a mountain lion. Uh well, maybe
0: it is a mountain lion.
1: <laughs> uh, they talked about that prison remark. Uh, just like Jonah and the whale, you're going in.
0: Yep, that's very dumb.
1: What? Who wrote this? Um, I did the whole techno babble thing. Uh, how do you always get... An accurate injury report within 10 seconds of something happening. Did all 14 <laughs> people rush to the console to immediately report their injuries?
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but it has never made sense. This no. is not Voyager's fault. That's I, just how it works in Star Trek.
1: Yeah, it just came up. The like 14 injuries. It's like, well, how do you... What? How? Uh, did the suture <laughs> thing. Where's the continuities are? Tom Paris calls Chakotay the Indian at one point.
0: Yep, that sucks.
1: Wow, Tom. Wow. That's all I got.
0: (laughs) All right. um, Well, this week we watched Terra Nova. Wait,
1: wait, wait. What was the math on that? (laughs) That show...
0: Uh, sh- the math on that Matthew was i I talked myself down to a fourteen <laughs> Nice and you gave it an eleven Boom. so uh, it's a straight up twenty five which is um so far the loser of this week
1: giving away all the gains Voyager made last week, essentially
0: and uh I'm going to let you in on a clue, unless you really, really like extra hated Terranova, uh Terranova's going to score higher than this yeah, uh, Matthew, this week we watched Terranova i know that's the longest clip i've ever used
1: and you uh, wanted to play it twice
0: introduce one of the. well you were correct that i had missed <laughs> i played it the first time at the wrong time so <laughs>
1: Uh, that, I know that's
0: the longest one I've ever used, but like where do you cut that off?
1: That show would have gone seven seasons if that had been the theme.
0: Oh, for sure. If they had just licensed Baker Street. Guaranteed. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, they could have played it coming back from every commercial break as <laughs> that's far as right. I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, with a little yeah, a little splash page showing Archer with a shirt off or something. It would have been amazing.
0: Yeah. Um Oh fuck. The order we did it means I have to explain what happened in this episode. Good luck, buddy. Okay, so the Enterprise is investigating the mysterious lost colony of Terra Nova. Mm. Um when Malcolm is kidnapped by the caveman like descendants of the original colonists, they are dying. What do you do?
1: Oh, um I uh I I take a look in the in the the chest, the treasure chest.
0: <laughs> I was thinking of when uh Ray moves Cornelius' laptop because he thinks he's gone senile. And says it's over here now what do you do
1: <laughs> testing his ability to reason um yeah caveman's all right you want me to do a take oh please what i came up with was something about the dangers of propaganda and hating people you've never encountered do you want me to explain
0: No, I mean, yes, I guess you should, because my description of what happens in the episode is so vague that you couldn't possibly piece that together without an explanation.
1: So these, uh, these descendants of the Terra Nova colony, they're convinced they're like a different species, they call themselves the the Diggers, with a D, and, um, they're like taught to hate humans, that humans ruined their planet, and-
0: Oh, wait, uh, they don't call themselves the Diggers, I think Diggers are their children.
1: Oh, sorry, what are they-
0: they call themselves Novens.
1: Alright, Novens. Whatever. Um by the way, I had a really hard time paying attention to what was happening in this episode. This is um, super tough. This um, is a tough watch. <laughs> so like the whole time they've been taught to believe that humans ruined their whole fucking planet and society and everything, and so they have uh understandably really hard time working together with Archer and his crew to uh fix their shit. Uh so I thought it had something to something to do with how you, <sighs> you shouldn't shouldn't just listen to propaganda and hate people you never met. I don't know, it was terrible. I gave it a four. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um so I thought this was kind of an anti prime directive episode. Okay. In the sense that while Archer rejects the most <clears throat> obvious solution that T'Pol proposes, which is to beam in stun grenades all over.
1: <laughs> yep. She that's very Spock of her.
0: This is real she has a real Spock attitude there. Uh, like, they're not going to just leave them there to die, either. In the end, they take the solution that was unacceptable for prime directive reasons in that bad seventh season episode of The Next Generation.
1: Homeward or whatever. Which is
0: just to move them. Mm-hmm. Um. So, a lot of times, the prime directive is irrational and doesn't make good sense.
1: Right, and doesn't exist here yet, correct?
0: It doesn't exist yet.
1: Yeah. Um. <clears throat> But, like, eh,
0: anytime they're just going to let a race die, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Um, Except as a way to just uh, say, well, Prime Directive, what can you do?
1: Dude, I mean, literally, that is what Picard says the Prime Directive is for. Yeah. In many episodes, he says, "Uh, it's here so that we don't have to make a decision about it. Yeah. Like, it's all spelled out.
0: Um, So, because this challenge is... Uh, kind of the dumbest aspect of the Prime Directive. I like that premise, so I gave it a six.
1: Okay, all right.
0: They're like, no, you can't just let them die. He
1: he turns around real quick. He's like, they're they're yelling at each other. He and To Paul,
0: as usual. Yeah, that's uh, seems to be the main premise of the series so far.
1: <laughs> yeah, and oh, she, she's like. I'm trying to remember what it was because I didn't really write it down she's like oh we gotta move them we gotta take them to earth we gotta move them and he's like we can't just change the whole society and move them and stuff and then she's like well why don't we just like move them like 10 feet and he's like good why don't we yeah <laughs> So they, they, they come to an agreement real quick on that one um execution
0: uh yeah so not so good um, to me, it's a four. Okay. So, the good parts, they find a workable compromise solution, and like, at least there's some reason for the Novans to trust them a little bit by the end. Like, yes, Archer has to personally intervene to save one of their lives, but come on. Yeah. You know, whatever. At least it's something. Uh yeah. But there's some bad stuff here too, like the entire premise is real contrived yes like boy that asteroid strike was unlucky huh <laughs> Yep. like it happened right when the tension was highest with the with earth and it happened right where the one colony on the planet was so that it poisoned the water there
1: but not in the other part of
0: the um and also boy were the adults in that colony a real dunces to think that that was an attack yeah. A single asteroid strike followed by poison rain was how the uh, how the humans were attacking a colony of 10 farmhouses. Like, no, they didn't send soldiers down or anything.
1: Is it clear how long the adults lived? Because there seemed to be some talk about how the kids survived for certain reasons.
0: Um. So when you hear that last log, and he's like, uh, 75- 70% of the adults are dead now. And you're like, okay, so I guess it took some time. Okay. But, sure. yeah, it could have been weeks or days, even, for all we know. Yeah. It was long enough for them to notice that the kids were more resistant to the radioactive rain or whatever.
1: Butch, by the way, why? What? Well, okay. It's because they're kids. Yeah, okay. That's fine. I mean, that's Phlox's explanation. Everyone knows kids don't get sick.
0: They adapted to it.
1: Yeah. Um, I You know, the it...
0: same way an infant will adapt to honey. Oh, no, that's, that's wrong. It's the other, <laughs> other way around.
1: All right. I uh, I, gave it a, I gave it a five on execution. Uh, what I wrote was, I contorted myself into a concept based on what I felt was executed best. They've inherited the hatred of humans from old legends, but guess who tried to save them and shit. But this episode is worse than the Nazis. They couldn't <laughs> explain how to make an episode where people talk funny, so they made it a nebulous thing where only the kids survived, and they never learned how to speak real fucking Earther. That's what I had.
0: Right, and... Um... Also, if you have seen the original series before, which you had 40 years to do.
1: Miri? Uh, it's Miri.
0: This episode's Miri. Yeah.
1: Miri's probably going to be better.
0: I mean, yeah, except that it's got <laughs> Hodgkin's Law of Parallel Earth Planetary Development or something. <laughs> That's
1: my favorite, though. It's
0: the stupidest thing. In... and Look, if, if that episode doesn't get a zero for world <laughs> for me, it, it, it will only be because the writers did some work to... Add some actual world building in there, but I, I'm worried about that one when it comes. Look,
1: out. we derisively referred to the premise of where no one has gone before a few different times, and that scored a 48. So
0: that's yeah, look. But yeah, but that's a big swing. Whereas this planet thing. Oh yeah, this is a
1: cop out, right? Right. A,
0: it's a real cop out? Like they just used a picture of Earth.
1: <laughs> All right, dude. World building.
0: Um. So there's some stuff here. Uh early space flight and colonization history of Earth. Yep. Uh we hear mentions of New Berlin, Utopia Planitia. Mm-hmm. Uh we know that cancer is now cured by a series of injections. Okay. Uh and we see shuttle pods drop out of the bottom of the hull. Okay. Like, hey, that's where they come from.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say we do have shuttles.
0: Um Star Fury style. Nice. I mean they don't because they don't pivot and drop.
1: Yeah, like, because it's not as badass.
0: No, it's not. God, why Star weren't Fruits. we
1: reviewing Babylon 5 from the beginning? Um,
0: we should have. That would have been much better. Uh, it's, uh, it's Anyway, I give it a five. Like That's some stuff, but they gloss over all of the interesting stuff to get to this lost legend of yes. Terra Nova when I, they do a real bad job of setting up why it's mysterious.
1: So what'd you give it? Five. I gave it a four, and my reasoning was the same. You definitely get some early deep space history stuff. But they do totally gloss over it. Um, At least for once, they're not outright ruining the other Star Treks by talking about this stuff. Because those other Star Treks didn't really care about talking about this.
0: They mostly left it alone.
1: But you're right that they totally, they have an opportunity to give you some cool information, but they just want to get onto their shitty plot. So, I give it a four.
0: Uh, So, uh, Ben thought this episode was about divergent cultural evolution.
1: Well, I mean, that happened, didn't it?
0: Well, I mean, it. I
1: don't know if that's what it's about, but it it happened.
0: I don't think it's been long enough to see how their culture evolved. Like, they adapted as children to one big shock 70 years ago. That's true. Yeah. Um, So he thought the concept was interesting. He gave it a seven, but he gave it a three for execution. The dialect that they use is bad. It's not good. Um, Although he thought that the main actor was doing a pretty good job. I thought he was better than the woman, for sure.
1: The woman sucked ass. The guy who was um, best, though, was the guy who got trapped under that log, and he yelled, I'm
0: leg broke! Yes.
1: <laughs> and I went, well, that is the best way to say that.
0: <laughs> I'm leg broke.
1: I'm leg broke, dude.
0: Uh, I did like when the guy asked if he would risk his bones for a noven. <laughs>
1: That's right. Can we implement some of this and some of the babble talk? And just, can we, just <laughs> into our lexicon?
0: Yeah, there's probably almost enough here. That uh, was flower units
1: about him saying that he was leg broke.
0: We don't have to talk. We don't get to talk enough about our go befores, so right. we can't use probably my favorite one from there. <laughs> um, uh, he asks if the Prime Directive applies here. Prime Directive doesn't exist yet, yes. So, that's um, which I'm not sure that we know, except that we never hear them say Prime Directive in this.
1: Yeah, we know it doesn't exist because uh, it, they want to. It's invented it up. later
0: in Enterprise, right?
1: I believe like, it's true, like everything. No, it's worse. Do you want a spoiler alert? Spoiler alert! He yells out over the view screen to an alien in one of the episodes. In the future, we'll have a protocol about this oh, that's, God. that will govern the way we treat alien cultures or something. And I went, "Oh boy!" But anyway, um, don't don't judge the episodes based on that. It hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah, he hit most of the same things for world building, but he gave it a six. And um, he makes a good point, which is that this is sort of what the series should be doing most of the time, not retconning the stuff we already know about.
1: Yes, that's that would be nice. Um,
0: so I, I, I think I can understand giving it a high score on those grounds. I just, I I wish they'd done better.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, characterization, I gave it a two. Hey, guess two what, dog? for you. Did you know Mayweather is a boomer? I did know that. That means he pooped his pants. <laughs> Shepal seems like a real dick She has a look on her face at all times Like she smells shit And she always holds the crew responsible For all things humanity has ever done Yep, she's cute uh, Archer really cares about these colonists And then I gave up Because I couldn't pay attention anymore
0: um, I, did, I gave it, a, I thought it was a little better than that So I gave it a 5 okay. uh, So here's, here's what I said So Archer uh when he cannot manage first contact with these humans he seems genuinely concerned about his ability to perform this mission
1: dude has a real crisis of confidence. so that's
0: a little bit of at least some introspection
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh to Paul, still an asshole i wrote uh, <laughs> but less openly defiant
1: that's good uh
0: and then uh mayweather feels personal investment in the story because of yeah, his past like he's a boomer yeah so it's not just hey i heard about that cuz i'm a boomer but it's like he wanted to go to Terry, etc. So that's, it's shows that they're doing some work. I gave it a five.
1: I feel so bad about the Mayweather character. I just feel like white people are afraid to write for black people. <laughs> like, they don't know what to write. They're afraid they're going to piss someone off or something. So they write them as the most fucking milk toast. Yeah. Fucking nothing characters. That guy so is far, nothing.
0: So far in the fuck first five episodes, he has been, uh, I would say, jolly is probably the best. <laughs> yeah. The best description of his character so far.
2: And it hurts. He's just
0: having a good old time in space, but not, but not in an enthusiastic way.
1: <laughs> um, he he's hurt obviously by the bad source material, the bad writing, but yeah. this actor is also a really bad actor. And at one point <laughs> in the shuttle, when he turns around and goes, "No, we're trying to help you," and then turns back around to his station, I I. I thought it had to be parody. Like, this could not be a real person, like, reading a real line.
0: Yeah, that was Dewey cox Ask also.
1: It was not good at all. He's a horrible actor. Who's working with a worse script. Well, we didn't like this episode a lot. Uh, I only had one quick hitter because, again, I couldn't pay attention. I have this one. Archer serves that sweet hotel-quality water at the Captain's Mess with lemon wedges all bathing in it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's all I got.
0: Uh, how did those cavemen get candles...
1: That's a good question.
0: They got like a shitload of candles in there.
1: Well, one entire ship was trailing Terra Nova. It was the candle barge.
0: It was the fucking Yankee Candle Company barge. <laughs> yes,
1: they were just gonna set up shop there. You know, it was gonna be a shopping destination in the universe. Like,
0: is there some animal down there that makes wax? But like, who taught these kids how to make candles? I don't know, man. Did they go to Colonial Williamsburg before they came here? <laughs>
1: that was their last field trip before they went here.
0: Um yeah, that was my quick hit for this. Uh I should say Ben gave it a 3 for characterization.
1: Yeah. But we didn't rate um, it very highly, but does it still does it outscore Voyager?
0: Uh it not only did it outscore Voyager, it outscored the original series this week.
1: Oh, that's right. That one got a shitty score.
0: Yeah, so um I gave it a 20, which is why I knew it was probably not going to lose to Voyager's 25.
1: (laughs) I would have had to really run it down.
0: You would have had to really hate this one. Um, Look, I mean, you were not in a charitable mood. You gave Voyager that zero for premise. (laughs) It's possible that it could have happened. But actually, you gave it a 15. Oh, okay. Which was higher than Voyager and only one point less than you gave the original series.
1: I didn't have a great week watching them.
0: Yeah, this one... Last week was a better week.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: however, that forty-eight, that where no one has gone before, put in this week was yeah. the second highest. It's not bad. Um, behind Phage's fifty. But uh, deep. Go ahead.
1: What I think is funny is how bad is that episode, dog? Oh, it's terrible. That it's a it's a bad episode a for bad sure. Bad episode, and I remember it being such a bad episode. But two things: one, when you're looking at it with criteria and you're judging it based on its merits it's a little bit different than what you think of this how stupid it is and yeah. two i kind i enjoyed it more than i remembered enjoying it and it, i still enjoyed the tos episode the most but yeah me too but i did kind of get a kick out of where no one has gone before
0: um i think the um that the character of the traveler really
1: saves it yeah
0: like uh I guess. It's not that he's acting better than Kaczynski, because I, I really think Kaczynski played his part perfectly. <laughs> he, he nails it. Uh, but his character is so much more likable. You know, I forgot a quick hitter from that episode. I know that was an hour ago, at least.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a weird beat in there where the Traveler explains who he is and what he does. And Record goes, so you're from the future. <laughs> like and a... it's like, no, dog." he did not say that. You know... And he goes, no, not... Well, like, I." No, not a blockhead, <laughs> but I guess I guess that makes as much sense as anything. Yeah. Which I think was really like, look, I'm dying, and I I do not have time to correct your idiot.
1: You know how much energy it takes me to have this dumb conversation? <laughs> I think, dude. I think that was a Frank's ad lib. I think he's making Riker dumber. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you're from the future. Like, <laughs> <That's a>, God, <laughs> why did he? Like, wait, you did the not script. say Frank's about the future. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so yeah, so where no one has gone before wins the week. Woo! Uh that is uh TNG's second win, so that nice. puts it back uh back in a tie for first place with the original series. All right. Uh it had a forty eight points, which is the second highest ever. Uh behind that this week were Captive Pursuit from Deep Space Nine
1: at thirty eight points. A completely forgettable episode.
0: Uh forgettable, but by the way, thirty eight points is not a bad score, all things considered. Mm-hmm. The average for Deep Space Nine is 27, but uh, 38 points is actually higher than the average for any series. Okay, so um, Better than average show for us, even though that's slightly less than half of the possible points it could have earned.
1: Yeah, we're not really giving any of them great scores.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, behind that at 35 was Terra Nova, so it comes in third this week. That uh, is Enterprise sh- is best showing both in terms of total points and position.
1: I'm so shocked by that. That is such a shitty... That series is terrible.
0: Yeah, but you know they um, they help themselves by not stepping on the rest of Star Trek. I too think
1: much. that's it exactly, and I think that should have been the key to the whole show. But they did like, not learn that lesson.
0: It just makes it mediocre science fiction if they're not ruining other Star Trek properties.
1: Trust me when I tell you they did not learn that lesson.
0: No, I'm sure they didn't. Uh, fourth place this week, The Enemy Within, uh, okay. at 30 points, rough and showing, uh, rough showing bringing up video. the rear with half the points that last week's episode scored. Uh, Voyager with the cloud at 25 points.
1: There are some episodes. Which is
0: low, but not the lowest ever scored.
1: You know when you've hit a filler episode. And it's really disappointing to hit one in episode five.
0: I should say that's actually the second lowest ever scored. Um, Oh no, third. I I forgot that uh, the second episode of Enterprise was a real stinker.
1: Yeah. You shouldn't be hitting filler episodes so fast. It seems like Voyager went straight into filler.
0: Well, Voyager, at this point, five episodes in, has two of the three lowest scores.
1: I believe. And the highest score. Very inconsistent. And the highest score.
0: Yeah. And by the way, in an episode that neither one of us liked. Nope. Hated it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, that's. Look. If anything, it's just giving us more <laughs> more reason to keep doing this dumb project.
1: It is baffling. It's,
0: we're surprising ourselves.
1: Yeah. What's next, dude? What do we do for week six?
0: Next week, um, we have... Probably. Um, I'm talking so, to your cat. <laughs> yeah, they do that. Uh, we have Mud's women, so Ooh. that's probably going to be the most enjoyable to watch next week. Oh, tough so again, beat. not a great one for women. Would no, I guess
1: I wouldn't be surprised if we got a terrible score, but it is awesome.
0: I mean, there's there's some stuff at the end about how yeah yeah these women are ugly, but they're going to make life out here easier so the miners decide they want to keep them but they're still property Uh, we have uh, Lonely Among Us a weird episode of the next generation I'll be interested to see how that scores it is weird yeah Uh, unfortunately we have Q-less
1: oh I think this is where your whole project to rewatch all the DS9s died
0: yeah this is where I failed last time Um, last time I started to rewatch Deep Space Nine uh, I saw I actually got through Q-less. Oh. And then I saw that the next episode was just called Dax and I, I bounced.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how that much That was it for me. That's how much fun her character is six episodes in. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, I don't think I can do that.
0: And then uh episodes I don't know anything about. For Voyager we have Eye of the Needle. Don't remember it. And for Enterprise we have the Andorian incident.
1: I do remember that one. I've watched Dax. it recently.
0: So uh, that is what is coming up. I should uh, say that uh, the winner this week uh, for Ben was Voyager, the cloud. Okay. Uh, um, with With twenty points.
1: Wow, so, he rated them rough this week.
0: Yeah, twenty points is low for him. Yeah. Um, and by the way, then there was a three-way tie for second at nineteen points. So uh, Voyager just just beat the rest of the. Shows out, and he actually gave the original series the lowest score, which is unusual for him. Mm. Um, in the meantime, uh, it'll be a couple of weeks before we're back at it with more Star Trek. But you can tweet at us at brother date. Yep. You can visit brotherdate dot com, and uh, you know, like and subscribe, etc.
1: Yeah. Uh, sorry, we're not hitting them every week. Holidays, new jobs. Also, expect us to be doing some travel in the next. Month and month or two, yeah. It's may...
0: possible that we won't be able to find time next week to even do yeah. a, uh, a mailbag episode because uh, I'm gonna be in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, we're both traveling and at different times, so we may have some further disruptions. So, you know, re-watch, just re watch, just re listen to them. We have so much content. Go back to the beginning, start over, right? That's right. All right, bye, everybody. Bye bye. an unexplained duplicate of myself definitely exists <laughs> definitely
2: <laughs> who was he trying to convince
0: subscribe